Hello, this is Larry Dobrow, Editor-in-Chief of MMM, and I'm extremely excited to be a part of this episode of the Agency 100 Storycast, Storycast, a new podcast series which gives members of the MMM Agency 100 list an opportunity to discuss exactly what sets them apart. Today, we're going to be talking with Concentric Health Experience about the power of people. So many agencies talk about their culture. Concentric's been doing this well before anybody else. So I'm thrilled to have Ken Degassi, who is the CEO and co-founder, and Kristen McAteer, who is the Managing Director of Client Solutions, here with me today. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks well, thank for having you, mm-hmm. All right. Excited to be here. So let's start off with kind of the most basic one. I alluded to it a tiny bit, but you know, for many agencies... The last two years has you know changed everything. You know, cultures that may not have been extremely evolved have, for lack of a nicer way to put it, kind of deteriorated. That hasn't been the case with you guys. Tell me a little bit about how Concentric has dealt with the last two plus years as an organization from that culture perspective. Larry, I think you're absolutely right. The last two years have been very disruptive to, to many organizations. I think early on we recognized that there's really only one thing that we can really control in a changing environment. And and that is who we are and our commitment to our people. And I'm happy to say that over the last two years, I think we've grown considerably as an agency and also in our commitment to creating connectedness that really goes beyond just being connected digitally. It really goes beyond just being on face-to-face on a, in a Zoom call, but really doubling down on what we believe really makes Concentric special. And we found new ways to be able to articulate that. I think in years past, it's been when you walked into our space, when you've interacted with our people, the open door policy, the, actually the no door policy we used to have in our physical space. We've just found ways to be able to have that that feeling and that presence really transcend our physical location. And it's really been kind of new ways to operate both functionally, but also interpersonally. And I think, you know, right off the bat, we sort of realized that there were a few fundamental truths about this sort of new world that we were operating in. And, you know, for starters, we still saw that connections are so important and, those sort of purposeful collaboration moments really need to be cultivated in this virtual world. They don't always just naturally happen on their own. So, you know, we've really tried to address this by making sure that we are constantly feeling, um, you know, the team environment and the connection. We have weekly, you know, all agency meetings every Monday. We sort of start off our week that way just to be able to, you know, make sure everyone feels truly connected and a part of what's happening. Um, And then I would say also another big shift for us was we we sort of transformed our workspace, our office space into this sort of collaboration center rather than, you know, your typical office space. So that was definitely one, you know, huge shifter for us. I think also, you know, we realized in the last two years that there has been a human toll in this new world. I think people are juggling more stress and more responsibilities than they've ever had to. And, you know, to help with that, we sort of instituted, you know, not only 
um, wellness and mental health days on top of all of our, you know, standard PTO time. But we also instituted, you know, no meeting zones, which sounds like a small win, but actually in this world has been a really important change for us as an organization. And it's allowed, you know, folks to be able to, to prioritize spending time either doing deep work or spending time, you know, making sure like parents are, you know, able to have dinner time and all of the lunchtime with their, with their families. So those are kind of two sort of shifts we made in this new world to make sure we were really, you know, keeping an eye out on the health of our people. No meeting zones. Uh, I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter, please. That would be be something I think we'd all enjoy a little bit more of. Kristen, you touched on this a bit. Um, I think you talked about cultivating a different type of environment, a different type of culture. Were there any, I don't want to say false starts, but were there any things that you tried initially during the pandemic that you said, all right, well, you know, this was, you know, noble, well-intentioned effort. It's not working. And then maybe pivoted somewhere else. Uh, What what were some of the false starts and um, how did you course correct? Yeah, I think actually at first we were so stressed about losing the collaboration that we might have actually over-indexed on meeting connectivity, which is part of what the pivot was that led us to the no meeting zone because, you know, we realized that our calendars were getting so filled up. You didn't have those like hallway conversations or those, you know, sitting at your desk moments and just drop-ins. And we realized that, you know, trying to force those with a flurry of meetings wasn't necessarily going to be the best way to tackle it. And that there was sort of a balance that we needed to strike. So I think at first we might have maybe over-indexed a little bit on, you know, meetings and connection. And then we realized, okay, there, there's probably a more um, appropriate and productive middle ground for us to find where we can, you know, strike the balance of productivity and also that connection with one another. I totally agree. I think we, like everything you're, you know, we always love to think of ourselves as a learning organization. So everything that we're doing and putting it to action, we're at the same time learning how those actions actually impact the world. We do that with our clients' business and we do it with ours. And I think through open dialogue, we realized that we were mistaking connection, the hyper connection with really connectivity with our with our people. And then we started to realize what were the most valued interactions that we needed to have and really kind of strike that balance. And it's a continued experiment. And I think we're we're committed to it. I think even this month, for example, the the no meeting zones, um, you know, really was driven by what we were hearing from our staff and our commitment to ensuring that our our staff is in the right mental space to be able to do their best work. I think it was you, Kristen, you mentioned a little bit about recasting the physical space to encourage collaboration. Tell me a little bit about how some of those decisions were made and a little bit, I mean, it's sort of hard to do without visual aids, right? But uh, tell tell us a little bit about how the office space has evolved over the last two years. Yeah, I think we we realized, okay, we're we're not going to just exist in this new world. We're going to really thrive at it. And we knew that there was going to have to be an adjustment for our physical space. Um, We actually, with our where you work best policy, we now have, I think we're up to 27 states of employees in 27 states and two countries. So we realized we just needed to totally rethink our, our office space entirely and figure out the right way to not only be able to lean in 
with what we used to do is that the like physical expression in an office space of your culture. And when COVID sort of took all stripped all of that away and we weren't in a physical environment, that's when we actually really realized that it came down to one thing really at the root of our culture, which was always the people that we had. So that clarity allowed us to kind of address how we were going to use our space. And we've sort of reoriented for these, you know, big couch areas where we can have these more, you know, comfortable collaboration, co-creation sessions, things that aren't so, you know, focused on individual work at your sort of traditional desk environment that we used to have. So we're much more centered on um, making the most of every inch of our, our environment in our office by, you know, really setting up collaboration and almost inspiration centers. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the really great positives throughout this pandemic is we actually moved office spaces. So we had the opportunity to kind of have a fresh start and we are now located in one world trade center and we have these amazing views. We're on the 68th floor. So coming in and using the space as a way to really get those creative problem solving juices flowing, we've been able to lean into the physical aspects of that and really generate some excitement and inspiration for our client teams and also for you know our internal folks as well. Talking about culture, a lot of the time people don't, you know, I think most people realize this, but it's often not discussed about how culture, it's not static. Um, And certainly it's been a tough talent climate over the last two years. Tell me about that piece of it. How challenging has it been for Concentric to attract new talent at a time when this talent was in extremely high demand? I think it's been one of the, one of the boons for us, to be honest. I think once we committed And I think that was a big part of it. There was a transition period or kind of a holding period where were we going to commit long-term to thriving in this new environment? And that meant, are we going to commit to being a so-called hybrid agency, an agency that definitely has geographic locations, but really is going to uh, excel in this new world where people are going to be distributed? Once we made that commitment, as Kristen said, we have 27, 28 different states where our employees are actually what they call their home. Once we did that, we recognized that the talent pool, which has generally been highly competitive, some would say shallow talent pool in and around the New York metropolitan area, all of a sudden we are picking up amazing individuals from all over the country and all over the world. And I think one of the biggest boons again for us was behaviorally we shifted the idea of of who who was part of Concentric and ultimately who was part of our our team. I mean, for years we've had other locations, and one of the biggest challenges have been making sure that those locations didn't have their own specific culture, but they had the concentric culture and were truly integrated into the way we work. But this shift in the way that we worked now, I think has made us more complete and actually more together than we've ever been because we've all adapted to other people's location, other people's needs, and, and found a way to, to bring talent in from all over the all over the country. So I think we hired, you know, upwards of 60 different people all over the country uh, in the US over the last, um, you know, 18 months. And I think one of the things that we take the most pride in is those individuals have come in, 
had a tremendous success. And the feedback that we're getting is we're still hearing that still that qualitative feedback that we used to hear when we were in person about not only the talents of our people, but just how good natured the people are who are at Concentric, the feeling of togetherness and family. And I think that's a, a testament to our leaders, certainly a testament to our talent and culture team who have done an incredible job, not only finding the right people, but but finding the right way to onboard those individuals into the new Concentric. Has Concentric, and this is a question which I think Concentric probably did a lot better than other agencies in, you know, you think about medical marketing way before the pandemic. Um, I think there was always a sense that medical marketing, you know, you're not working on a cola, you're not working on a car. If anything, the last two years have taught us, it's that, you know, health is everything. Has has Concentric seen more of an interest from people that traditionally haven't been in health? And if so, um, how do you get those people on board and, you know, teach them about the industry in addition to what they already know about marketing and advertising and messaging? Absolutely. Yeah. We... I think we recognize that our industry is full of incredible thinkers and visionaries, and we've picked a lot of those folks up over the years. But being able to tap into industries outside of our own has been so invaluable. And I think we've seen skill sets wide ranging from, you know, consultants, a lot of first time in pharma folks that we've been able to bring on to our team that just have a totally different way of thinking and approaching the problems and the challenges that our clients have. And that shift in perspective has really allowed us to make sure that we're constantly pushing ourselves to be better and to think of how we can more creatively solve for some of the problems that we know exist. So that's definitely something, you know, industries outside of the classic pharmaceutical backgrounds, we've definitely been able to tap into over the past two years. Yeah. And I think our name is Concentric Health Experience for a reason. And I think that is a indicator that in medical marketing, we need to go beyond just the attributes of the product or the realities of the clinical setting. And we really need to support our stakeholders, specifically patients and, and, and the physicians who are prescribing Beyond, you know, and solving the human issues that are associated with treating patients who who are desiring a change. And that opens up, obviously, the opportunity, I think, for others to see that this industry is prime for change, for a bit of disruption, and that they can take their skill sets and their ambitions and be able to do their best work in our industry and ultimately with, with Concentric, because not only are we aligned to really solving those human truths in the health experience. But we are also, you know, have a very close affiliation with amazing partners with our Anomaly Alliance that really allows them to go shoulder to shoulder and collaborate in an open centering with some of the best thinkers in the world. We're talking about new people now. How about Concentric's existing staffers, people that have been around for a little while? How have you sought, and again, you've both touched on this a little bit already, but how have you sought to make sure that they survived? You know, I think, Kristen, you described it as one of the most disruptive periods that any of us have experienced. Um, what are some of the things that you've done to make sure that they're happy, that they're feeling a sense of purpose, that they're enjoying their lives and their jobs? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do think that the last couple of years has made us realize that there's truly no stronger workforce than the one that you really dedicate to supporting and growing. And, you know, we recognize in this industry that not everyone stays with you forever, but we know that, you know, without a doubt, while you are here playing on our team, we're really going to make sure that you have every possible tool to be the best version of yourself. And I think functionally, that means you know, giving employees what they need to reach their peak performance and to feel that sense of purpose beyond not just what they're doing, but why they're doing it. And, you know, at a senior level, we started to have all of our leaders work directly in one-on-one sessions with Russell Grimaldi. He's a personal development coach. So we've been able to implement that over the last two years. And then we've also deployed an agency-wide masterclass program with Stacey Singer, who specializes in customer experience and client excellence. So those two initiatives have been just two examples of how we really try to arm everyone who works at Concentric with every tool they need to really reach their their peak and their, their top potential. Yeah, and I think we, on top of supporting, and we've always been a big proponent of training and development. We've always believed and really kind of prided ourselves in that people who come to Concentric either find their opportunity to grow at Concentric and really awaken their curiosity and, and, and realize that they could do things that they potentially never thought were possible. But even those who have spent time at Concentric can move on to other agencies in their career and really have a strong foundation for a really long and, and fruitful career. And that's purely just in the training development, but I think it's about, again, being part of a culture that values collaboration, values different points of views, and that values debate, and quite honestly, doesn't check a box, is always kind of pushing and pushing and pushing. Part of that, you know, environment, because that could be that could be done positively or it could potentially be done negatively. If you think about it, where different point of views are being discussed and debated, we need to make sure that our, our, our environment is one that people feel safe emotionally to share those point of views. And so we work a lot with supporting our staff, both kind of emotionally from a just understanding where they are sitting in the world today. As we, as we know, the world today is, uh, unfortunately, not a place where there's, um, you know, the, the, where, where there's a lot of disruption and a lot of things that are affecting people individually. And that's also something that we learned during this pandemic that we really need to be more purposeful in understanding what how this world and the world environment is affecting individuals, because it's not as easy to see as it used to be when we were physically together, where you could walk around the office space and and take a look at someone's face and understand where where they are. You know, it's one of the reasons why we asked for cameras to be on at the agency so that we could see someone um, and see how they're how you know what is affecting them. But at the same time, we've we've really made a commitment to ensuring that we create this kind of open collaborative space and build trust within each other and trust within the leaders of the agency that we can take a time, take time away from work and, and truly understand where people you know, sit and how they're viewing themselves and viewing themselves in the world that we're living in. That happens during open mic nights where we discuss things that are happening around in our culture to just also supporting 
learning ways to cope with disruption and ways to cope with the world that we're living in through outside speaker series and things of that nature. I think both of you already answered this next question, but I'll uh, throw it at you anyway. Boomerangs, people that have been at Concentric, left and came back. Tell me the boomerang story. You know, why do you have so many people that uh, decide, wait a second, you know, I, you know, the grass is greener, right? Well, the grass is greener is, is, is uh, something we talk about, you know, quite a bit. And I think the, really the answer is that, you, you know, you kind of realize the grass is green when you water it, right? And I think because culture has been such a, a big part of who we are, and then I think because of everything we've discussed about the, the focus on training and development, making people's experience here at Concentric, one that they could walk away from and say, I'm, I'm, I'm better for having been at Concentric. I think when those individuals do walk away and go somewhere else, they realize that they might have left for a better opportunity, but that opportunity also existed at Concentric and they had the support and commitment of the entire organization for them to actually make the most of that opportunity. And I think we pride ourselves on knowing, and that's been something that we've had to do differently during in this hybrid and we're committed to it, but knowing everybody's individual ambition as well as everyone's strengths and weaknesses and helping them to, to, you know, make the right strides in their career to be the best they can be. And, uh, and, you know, ultimately we celebrate these boomerangs and Kristen is a boomerang herself, actually, you know, I'm sure Kristen can tell a little bit about her story and why she came back to concentric and is now made concentric her long-term home and the amazing growth that she's had, leading some of the biggest pieces of business in the industry, but also within Concentric. Yep, absolutely. I can definitely reaffirm everything that Ken just said, because I'm, I'm not only a boomerang, but I also was an, I'm an alumni of our apprentice program from back in the day. So Concentric was actually my first agency I ever worked at and really my, you know, my way into this world. So anyone who has worked with me over the years at other shops knows that Concentric was sort of always my place. And no matter where I went, I knew that ultimately this was the organization that I wanted to call home for the long run. And that's because I feel like here I'm constantly learning from my colleagues, from my leadership team, Everyone really empowers you to bring your best forward each day, all while recognizing that, you know, our best looks different each day. And I think that's probably a nuance, especially in the last two years that has been really critical for us just to remember that human piece of what's in our name. And it's not just the work itself, but it's also why we do it. And that's kind of always what brought me brought me back here. Here's a question for you both. Um, We've been talking about the importance of culture. Tell me a little bit about how it radiates externally. How does having such a firm, welcoming, warm, professional culture within Concentric help Concentric's relationships with its clients? I think that, you know, clients come to us for for a myriad of reasons, but universally, they really all have a problem that they're looking to solve. And our job is to be able to make sure that we're understanding that problem deeply, that we're understanding who their customer is deeply, and that we're making sure that we can then cast, you know, the right set of characters internally to make sure that we're able to provide them a simple solution. And I think that our focus on people 
is what has really allowed us to be able to make these sort of tailor-made teams for our clients because it's not just about you know, assessing who's up or who might have bandwidth. It's really about who's the right person for the opportunity and who's the right person for the team. And I think in order to properly cast that set of characters, you really have to know who your people are, what they're great at, what motivates them and sort of how, what environment they do their best work in. And I think that goes a really long way with our clients. All right. One last question for you both. Um, it's it's sort of an unfair question, but we're asking everybody. So I might as well get you guys in line as well. Uh, the the future is kind of hard to predict. Changes every couple of weeks, it seems. But um, mm-hmm. let's say we're having this conversation about culture again a year from now. Hopefully we'll be in a much better place with the pandemic. Hopefully a lot of the disruption we're seeing will have uh, eased a little bit. Um, what do you expect to be telling me? What do you hope to be telling me? You know, where are some of the areas where Concentric hopes to evolve its cultural offering? That's a great question. I think, you know, I think we, we get asked this question in different ways, not just about our culture, but often often from our clients about their markets and how do you approach a changing environment, a rapid, rapidly changing environment. For me, I think it always comes down to organizational and operational principles. And one of the things that we crystallize during this time in a way that was is very visible and that we use as a tool are our 10 commandments for greatness. And over the nearly 20 years that Concentric has been in uh, the industry, we've been a culture of principles. We've, we never truly captured those principles in a way that we could use culturally for us to deal with the situations at hand and help our, our people understand how to view their individual efforts and collective efforts against a changing environment. I think that you'll hear from us in two, two years from now that we are still ultra committed to those 10 commandments of greatness because they will guide us through an ever-changing environment. Again, I go back to the resounding insight that we had when this all started, we can't control much of what we experience every day. But what we can control is ourselves and our culture. That commitment to our culture, who we are, what we value is something that we believe we have the ultimate control over. And then it really is grounded in the Ten Commandments. Ken, Kristen, I can't thank you guys enough for your time here today. Uh, This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you again. Thank you, Larry. Thanks so much for having us.